and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk. And I'm Annie Kriegbaum. Hi. Hi. Are you okay? Physically, mentally, emotionally? Yeah, I just stay at one level, always. Is that thanks to Lexapro? No, what am I on? Cymbalta. Oh, that's a bitch to come off of. That's what I hear, so I'll be on it forever. <laughs> I've literally been on every single antidepressant, I think. Um, but you know what? I'm still searching for the one. Well, I hope you find it, Nick. Thanks. Have you tried uh, melatonin? <laughs> yeah, or like ashwagandha <laughs> would also be really good for stress regulation. Have you tried being more mindful? Speaking of mindfulness, this this is actually related to one of our top stories, but Amazon just launched little meditation booths where stressed out employees can go and learn about mindfulness and have a little quiet time <laughs> for a few minutes. They're called Amazon meditation booths. That would infuriate me. It's not in like the corporate offices. It's in the warehouses. Yeah, exactly. It's called a mindful practice room or a Zen booth. Wait, do you want to do a little bit of banter before we get into top stories? I actually have a top story that would overlap with banter that I forgot about. So nobody knows my neighborhood in Dallas where I grew up. They only know this neighborhood called Highland Park. So they're like, oh, you're from Dallas? Highland Park? That's the one where the Real Housewives are all from, right? Yeah, that's where all the rich people live. I'm from Lake Highlands. And you never hear about Lake Highlands in the news, except for there was one time, it was actually when I was in high school, these idiot boys came and dropped off laced muffins to the PTA meeting (laughs) for the teachers. And all the a bunch of teachers and like staff ate these muffins that had weed in them. That's amazing. And it was a whole thing. It was like there were all these ambulances outside. Like this 80-year-old receptionist was like really having an issue because, you know, nobody knew what it was. And then the joke became, do you know the muffin man? Because they were trying to find. <laughs> <laughs> but so I see my high school pop up as like a viral news story on Twitter. And it's because this year's valedictorian, her name is Paxton Smith. Not a Jew. (laughs) Why do you say that? (laughs) Because that's the least Jewish name I've ever heard. Continue. (laughs) Okay, so Paxton Smith, she's valedictorian, so they give a speech at graduation, I guess. I don't remember this, and I was not valedictorian. But instead of using her approved speech, because I guess you have to write your speech and have it approved by the district, she gave a speech about reproductive rights. Because Texas just, well, Greg Abbott, Satan's cousin just signed the heartbeat bill in Texas, which prohibits any state resident from getting an abortion as early as six weeks into a pregnancy before many people even know they're pregnant and would even bar reproductive care for victims of incest or rape, which is insane. So the valedictorian of your alma mater did a little switcheroo in her speech and gave a very powerful statement about abortion rights and how it's fucked up that Texas did that and used her platform, literally the platform at graduation. They cut the video of it, cut to the football stadium, which was filled with students and their families. So they had to hear it. The valedictorian stuck it to them. Yeah, I hated my high school. They sucked. They had some really backwards policies against women. And I was always getting in trouble for the stupidest shit because I was smart and a woman and honestly fuck my high school <laughs> so i really loved i loved seeing her do that how is how's your high school doing nick 
Where did you go to high school? I went to boarding school outside of Boston in a town called Concord, Massachusetts, and it's co-ed. It, it, people always think with boarding school that it's like some kind of all boys British like boarding school with spanking, and there was none of that. That's it where my boyfriend artsy. went to an all boys British boarding school with spanking. It was in Denmark, and it looked like Hogwarts. I saw the photos, cool. and he was a prefect and everything. Oh my gosh! Did he spank or was he spanked? I guess the spanker becomes the spank. The spanky exactly. becomes the spanker. I know. Yes, yes. Should we do top stories? <laughs> Bad news for all of those stripper pole fitness studios. Well, mainly just one, S Factor, which according to its founder, Sheila Kelly, was the first sensual pole dancing fitness studios. She even said that she was really the first institution to launch like a more like feminist, holistic self-care fitness craze back in 2001 when she opened the studio. Anyway, they're under fire. They've been canceled. Essentially, this is according to a Hollywood reporter expose. They would have these retreats for the fitness studio and they got increasingly more intense. There were some people who felt that they were using these like sensory deprivation techniques to elicit more heightened emotional responses. And a lot of the people who were attending the retreats were repeat retreat attendees. And so every time they would kind of like ratchet up the amount of like emotional stuff going on so that people would still feel like they had this amazing cathartic experience. And I think, especially if you were a survivor of sexual trauma or sexual assault, these things could be very triggering. Which a lot of the clients and teachers were. Right. So it just, it got to a point where it felt kind of cult-like and that there were all these rituals and routines. And what's also interesting is that the, the founder describes the exercises as theater games, which she learned at NYU. <laughs> Which is terrifying. But now I guess she had to develop a sort of disclaimer that says S-Factor and Sheila Kelly are not licensed psychotherapists and do not provide mental health or medical care. So basically the answer is it's good cardio, but maybe not good for your psyche. Also, a lot of her employees have in the past called out issues of cultural appropriation. She has a lot of language and her class curriculum around like unleashing your Latin lover. Oh God. Yeah. And like exotic beauty, which we know a rich white woman's interpretation of what that means is just all sorts of wrong. Also just the fact that she started this business for thin rich white women around pole dancing that is in her explanation empowering. Yet a lot of her former teachers pointed out that it's profiting off this thing that oftentimes black women work as strippers to make money turned into an art form, which is such a huge part of culture. But yet the S-Factor community very much looked down upon that type of pole dancing. So after S-Factor received a $242,000 paycheck protection program loan, they shuttered their physical businesses and they're continuing with online classes after all this bad press has come out very recently kelly the founder is describing this moment as a moment of exhale 
She's telling the Hollywood Reporter that we caught her at a moment of exhale. And her goal is to be more inclusive and diverse and to elevate the feminine. And that's what she's focused on right now. So I guess she's trudging, is that the word, forward with the business? Skip the weird cult-like vibes from the studio classes. You can just buy a poll on Amazon for like $130. No, I've seen the videos. Oh, because they fall down. They fall down. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm just giving people an option. The look for less is just buy one of the like tension rod poles and take your chances. <laughs> okay. More bad Here's news. Here's two people. Oh, okay. I was going to go to good news. We have to start with the bad news and then we'll show you the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. So this past week, it was announced in the news. This is actually from a Newsweek article, a cargo ship carrying 25 tons of acid has sunk in the Sri Lankan waters. This is one of the worst environmental disasters in decades. So, which is weird because we haven't, I haven't really heard about it anywhere else. Did you? No. So this ship was a cargo ship. It had a ton of chemicals on board, I imagine for industrial purposes, but it also had most sadly, well, not most sadly, I think all of this stuff being dumped into the ocean is a horrible thing, but I learned a new word, which is nerdles. Do you know what a nerdle is, Nick? No, tell me what a nerdle is. Like a cute nerd. Oh, like a baby nerd? Yeah. (laughs) Young Sheldon. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen this show. Me neither. <laughs> saw the billboards and I was just like, why, God? Um, okay, so nerdles are not funny. They are tiny plastic pellets. They're microplastics. Oh. And it's basically how plastic is transported to become other plastic. They're like plastic seeds. Yes, exactly. That get melted down and combined to make all of the plastic that we consume always, every day, and then throw back into the ocean. But now these tiny microplastics, when they are in the ocean, they get tumbled and turned even smaller, get eaten by fish. They end up in the fish. Fish will starve and die because their stomachs will be full of them. They are in our bloodstreams. They're in all of us. We talked about this, I think, on an episode. There was a study recently where it it found that microplastics were found in like placentas and fetuses and it's horrifying. But now, yeah, we basically have a zillion, trillion, billion of them dumped into the ocean. So it basically is kind of the worst thing possible. Another horrible side effect of this disaster is that a lot of people in this region survive and whole communities, you know, exist off of fishing. And now that will be not a possibility for them. I don't know how to deal with these things that happen in the world where you just, you feel so like helpless and not only you feel helpless, but you know that nobody can help because it's literally just a ton of chemicals and plastics that are dumped in the ocean. And there's no way to reverse it. Like you can't just clean a duck with Dawn dish soap right now. I'm literally looking through all of the articles that we've collected to figure out if there's some bright side to like figuring out how they can clean it. But there's not yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to stack this story with one that will give us a little bit of hope. Tom Ford and Adrian Grenier. How do you say Grenier? Yeah. Tom Ford and Adrian Grenier, people who you wouldn't think would be collaborators, are teaming up to launch a prize. They're like basically creating a prize for $1.2 million to anyone who develops a biologically degradable alternative to the poly bags that a lot of fashion is mailed in or shipped in. Whether or not you get it as a consumer, if you were to see like how all the fashion comes in from overseas in a warehouse, a lot of it would be in poly bags. There's so much waste. Not only fashion, but in beauty beauty too. too. 
Yeah. Even though you don't see it again as a consumer, like Nick said, it protects the pieces in transit so that when they arrive to the customer being the brand or company that's buying them in bulk, that they're not covered in like dust and debris that happens when things are shipped around warehouses. Somewhere between one and five trillion poly bags are discarded each year. And that's just in the fashion industry. <laughs> I think and it's in, closer and, to the five trillion than the one. Oh, the one trillion. <laughs> One trillion. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere between. No. And by 2050, it's also likely that there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fish. Let that sink in. Well, good that they're, you know, creating this prize so that people can try to create alternatives to poly bags. You and I both know from the brand side that like sourcing these more ecological or environmentally responsible or sustainable options can be exceedingly difficult, especially for small businesses, because a lot of the times the minimum order quantities on, you know, biodegradable or mushroom based or all these things are so high, meaning you have to order hundreds of thousands of units and or like they have exclusives with some of the bigger corporations who are trying to quickly shore up their sustainability efforts. So, you know, the hope is that these products can be developed and then trickle down to really all businesses to be able to use them. Can we have a little bit of writer news now? Yeah, let's do it. You're in my favorite vaccine icon, Dolly Parton, is making the media rounds. She, I guess, has a 35-hour, 19-DVD box set of various career highlights called Song Teller, which she released during COVID, as well as a Christmas album, a Netflix holiday musical, and a book about her career. She also launched a baking line for Williams-Sonoma, an ice cream with Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream, which is strawberry pretzel pie flavored. She didn't let COVID slow her down. And she's talking in a bunch of different places, including the Wall Street Journal and Women's Wear Daily, about designing her fragrance, Dolly, which we've talked about on this podcast, and how she's also working on makeup and wigs. Can I give you some of the highlights from the Wall Street Journal interview? Yes. She usually wakes up at three in the morning and she can get through the day on as little as three hours of sleep a night. She says she usually gets five hours, which gives me hope. She makes homemade egg salad, which she likes to have on a bagel or toast for breakfast. She says she has a tendency to gain weight because I'm so short and I have a farmer's daughter's appetite, which me too, but my dad isn't a farmer. Her morning beauty routine, she washes her face and does her makeup only in the mornings and she sleeps in her makeup, which Nick, I know you gave you a little like sad face. Yeah, I was reading these articles about Dolly and as much as I love her and I want people to do what makes them happy, there is something that feels a little antiquated about this like, oh, don't worry, y'all. I'm just a dumb broad. You know what I mean? That's not what she says. No, but it's like, I just love my makeup so much. I go to sleep in it and I wake up so that if there's a fire, my husband doesn't have to see me without makeup. I don't know. It's not that she's saying she's dumb, but it's just this idea of, I think her whole persona has been crafted around like big boobs, big hair, wigs, rhinestones, this kind of like tongue in cheek bimbo persona that she always sort of plays against but i don't know it feels a little old doesn't it i don't know 
know. I feel like it's so complicated. We could probably do like a whole other endless podcast series about the idea of like feminine beauty and is it empowering or is it horrifying? I guess I can't really comment as a guy. But also, Nick, don't you think that she gets asked so much about this that she just has her like funny canned response because she's like, it's not that deep. I'm not going to get into it with you. Like, fuck off. So she just like kind of tells a joke and laughs it off. Like, she's obviously brilliant. Here's what she says about her routine. I do all of my beauty work and cleaning my face in the morning because I usually try to keep my makeup on at night because I never know if there's going to be an earthquake or a tornado or a storm and I'm going to have to go out in the middle of the night. I don't like to go home and tear down completely because my poor husband has to look at me. I think, again, I, I think that's just her, like, quick way. I know she is. I know she's joking. I know it's her campy thing. But you know who actually also sleeps in her makeup? Charlotte Tilbury. Charlotte Tilbury. Again, like a very classic, dare I say, slightly outdated version of glamour and beauty and sensuality and sexuality. But at the same time, who the fuck am I to decide what is appropriate for someone's version of sensuality or sexuality? Nobody. No one. Next story. Well, do you want to talk about other musicians getting into beauty? I would love to. You sent this to me last week. Little Yachty, our favorite friend of the pod. <laughs> this is actually a story that we missed last week, so we apologize. Lil Yachty, no relation to Kim, Wayne, or any of the other Lils. Lil Pony. <laughs> True. Has launched a unisex nail polish brand called Crete. C-R-E-T-E. Like concrete. Like concrete. And his idea is to make gender neutral, accessible nail paint that instead of coming in bottles with brushes actually comes in sort of like a pen where you click it and you can paint your nails. It's an oversized brush for easy application. It's super pigmented. It's made in the USA, PETA approved, vegan, animal test free, 10 free. And he's showing himself in the nail polish. It comes in white, black, and gray. He also makes nail decals that are construction themed, but also our favorite symbol themed. You know, everybody needs like an eight ball or like a spade or a yin yang sign. And they're $14 each. But I feel like they're kind of overthinking, like, just say you made nail polish. He's calling them collections. Like why it's like nail polish like for boys. He calls it negatives 001. <laughs> I appreciate this and that he's like putting himself in the pictures. I just think that anytime a guy puts it out there that he wears makeup or that he uses nail polish or that he wears sequin clothes. Like I was watching Lil Nas X, also no relation to any of the other Lils, including Pony, his SNL performance. And I was like, if I was a little gay kid in 2021 and got to see all of these people that I admired that make music that is in the mainstream doing all these things that are or have been considered feminine or girly on TV and on Instagram, I'd be so much more likely to be comfortable with who I was and like expressing myself these ways. So I think it's like great signaling for like younger kids to like see this all happening. I know now we're, we're talking about Lil Nas X, but like the fact that he's like on SNL and he's a mainstream pop star and he's this, you know, essentially like flamboyant gay rapper and singer. That's awesome. There has never been an out gay rapper that's really crossed over into mainstream. I love his music. It's actually really good music for bath time with my daughter because it has like really good bouncy beats that she likes. 
Anyway, good for Lil Yachty. Good for Lil Nas X. And also good for A-Rod. I know we gave him a little bit of shit last episode about launching his concealer or like whatever his eraser pen or whatever kind of mask name he called it. It seemed inauthentic where I feel like this one seems. Yeah, yeah, this one, he obviously was like very hands on and it seems like it really did come from him and he looks comfortable doing it. Yeah. So more power to Lil Yachty. Speaking of musicians and makeup and boys, male identifying People. Harry Styles has filed trademark for what people are guessing is his foray into cosmetics and fragrance. I like think two things about this. One is like I'm not the biggest Harry Styles fan and I'm like literally flip flopping. And I know that we've gotten that criticism in our reviews on the issue. But like I something about the whole <laughs> You're not thing. You're not allowed to like, read reviews anymore. <laughs> Fine. But just the whole thing about Harry Styles and how he like is wearing a dress and like, isn't that so cool? And he's like gender bending and whatever. I'm like, no, he has a stylist who's like, you know, what's going to make you seem cool and relevant and not like a boy bander anymore? Wearing dresses. So he's wearing dresses like he's a young straight guy who was in a manufactured pop band. I'm just not that impressed. And I can only imagine, though, because his audience is primarily still that Tiger Beat, like the people who followed him and are probably his diehard fans are still the people who followed One Direction. What's Tiger Beat? (laughs) Do you really not know? What are you talking about? That magazine, Tiger Beat? No. That was like Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like on the cover and it was like Teen Idols, like J14. None of these. This is depressing. Anyway, moving on. Because I'm too young? Yes. It was like the Us Weekly for the Jonathan Taylor Thomas set. No. Readers, please educate Annie on Tiger Beat. I do not have the emotional capacity. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Harry Styles, I bet his fragrance is going to be super commercial, super, you know, like Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Britney Spears fragrance-esque, because I think that's who he's going to be selling it to. I can't imagine a world in which he's going to do something super niche and super indie in scent or beauty. And if he launches like makeup, that's a big eye roll from me. Damn, Nick. Lil Nas X should launch makeup because he actually wears it. Harry Styles is like being told to wear it. Damn. What do you know about Harry Styles? Nothing. Not a single thing. (laughs) I'm cautiously optimistic. Let's see what happens. He's been trained under the house of Gucci, Alessandro Michelle. Like, I feel like it's going to be weird and... I don't know. Okay. I don't really care. Look, I don't. One Direction was before my time. I don't like his new music. How I don't old like, are you? Five? I mean, <laughs> it was after my time. <laughs> my time was Spice Girls, and I got accused of being a lesbian in elementary school because I didn't like Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. I was into Spice Girls. <laughs> anyway, so that's Harry Styles news for you. Nick is not impressed. Nope. Let's talk about BTS now. Speaking of teen idols. Love BTS. <laughs> I hate hate the system under which BTS was created. The super strict and rigorous pop star training camps that these labels out of South Korea have created to produce Blackpink and BTS. That notwithstanding, love them. (laughs) That's all I have to say. (laughs) Okay, thanks. I guess McDonald's, the marketing department was like, we're our big push is going to be we're going to do collabs on Nuggets because they did one with Travis Scott, remember? Mm -hmm. And it was the Mm -hmm. first McDonald's collab since Michael Jordan, 
which yep. is insane. And now they're doing one with BTS. It's a meal. So it's 10-piece chicken McNuggets. It is two BTS-inspired, South Korean-inspired McNugget sauces, which oh are- Oh my God, these look amazing. It's a Cajun sauce and a sweet chili sauce. Yeah, so- Inspired by McDonald's South Korea. Yum. That's funny. So somehow Cajun flavors got over to South Korea and now it's coming back to us over here through <laughs> BTS. This is like going vintage shopping in Japan. It's like they can curate our style, American style, better than we can. And so they come to like the flea markets and like the Rose Bowl, which is the big flea market in Pasadena, the Japanese vintage clothing experts find all the best pieces bring them back to japan to their stores like they merchandise them and style them amazingly and then i've gone to these stores and i just buy it back for 25 times the price happily also in the meal is a medium fry and coke delicious have i given you my controversial opinion that burger king chicken nuggets are better than mcdonald's chicken nuggets no tell me more that's all i have to say let's go to the next story do you not want to know about the merch I'm actually downloading the app <laughs> as we speak so that I can buy the merch, literally. <laughs> BTS X Mickey D's crew neck t-shirt for $48. $48? Oh, it's kind of fucking cool. Oh, but it's sold out. <laughs> what else? There's a logo robe, which is so amazing. Oh, that is still available. It's a purple robe that has embroidered French fries on the front, which is amazing. Whoa. How would it compare to your Danish robe that you... I doubt, because it's a McDonald's <laughs> collaboration, I doubt it's as beautiful, but it's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to spend some time on this merch app. Anyway, love a McDonald's collab. I guess this is sort of good news. The state Senate in Hawaii has banned harmful sunscreen chemicals, including avobenzone and octocrylene. They'll be banned from sale. This follows a bill from 2018 that banned oxybenzone and octinoxate sunscreens. These are petrochemicals that have been proven to be toxic in humans and also to coral reefs and to marine species. So this is great news for the reefs and marine life. And I guess if you want to sell your sunscreens in Hawaii, you have to formulate without avobenzone and all these ingredients, which is a good thing. Though I will continue to say, on land, any sunscreen is better than no sunscreen. You know what else is better? Clothing and shade. True. I'm just saying. Speaking of skincare ingredients, do we want... The good news or... I need more good news. I'm still bummed out about the Sri Lanka issue. Okay, well, actually, I don't know if this will be good news to you because in terms of teen idols, you have like vastly... It's like you can be hot or you can be cold. So I don't know how you feel about skincare by Hiram. YouTube slash Instagram slash TikTok slash Gen Z's favorite skinfluencer, Hiram, announced this week that he is launching his own skincare line. I'm a Hiram fan. I love that he stands Sarah V. He was single-handedly credited with introducing Sarah V to the TikTok generation. He created his own line. It is, it's called Selfless. I feel like that is a big promise to make with a brand name. He says every purchase will help fund partner organizations that they're working with to fight against the most challenging issues for people and planet. Those include... The Thirst Project, the Rainforest Trust. He's trying to make a difference. That's really what it comes down to. I know that your first reaction was the way to make a difference with anything related to the environment is to 
buy less and not to create more plastic. But I think he knows that people are going to buy skincare regardless of whether, you know, because he's recommending products. And I think, you know, he was saying, I'd rather do it and have a bit of a good for the planet, good for you philosophy. Yeah, I feel like not informed enough to speak on Hiram, who he is as a person, because I'm just now getting introduced to him. I did watch his announcement video and one of the clips, God love him, I'm sure he didn't edit this video himself, but one of the clips was him talking to the camera and he's saying, I went home after I put on the tinted moisturizer. I looked in the mirror and for the first time in my life, I felt beautiful. <laughs> I was just like, come on. I thought that, you know, these young influencers spoke with a little bit more like authentic. Not that I'm saying he's not being authentic, I guess, but it sounds like a little canned and like melodramatic, right? Yeah. They did announce that the first product is a retinol and rainbow algae repair serum that is meant to target hyperpigmentation, reduce the appearance of post-acne marks. It's not out yet. No, and it's going to be one ounce for $30, but I guess it's a spot treatment for face. The products are launching in Sephora on June 24th. He's announcing all the products between this week and through June 19th on his social media. There are going to be five products in total. All right, one to watch. Let's end on a story that you've brought my attention to and now the world has become incredibly invested in, which is Naomi Osaka, the star tennis player who said, and we reported on this last week, that she was not going to give media interviews before one of the tennis matches she was, or the tennis, what are they called? The French Open. The French we, Open. <laughs> that's also breaking news. We found out that the Roland Garros tournament is in fact the French Open. Naomi, after she announced that on her Instagram through her notes app that she wouldn't be participating in any of the press interviews and would pay any fines associated with that, she has now decided to completely just drop out because of all of the media attention. And I think it was just felt like the most graceful move for her because now the tournament has very much become about her refusing to participate in press for her mental health versus the athletics, which is kind of, I think, her whole point in not wanting to participate in the interviews to begin with. What's interesting is that some people, mostly from an older generation, Billie Jean King and John McEnroe, I was reading, former tennis stars said that doing interviews is part of the sport. You know, the media coverage is what has enabled us to have the careers that we've had and the platforms that we have because they've made tennis famous, essentially. And so to like refuse to do the thing, like it's kind of biting the hand that feeds you. But others have supported her, including Michael Phelps, saying that she needs to do what's right for her mental health. People don't speak about mental health enough. And, you know, I've seen a lot of social media support of her decisions. It'll be interesting to see whether this changes tennis or whether tennis decides to move on or something. I don't know. I mean, if one of their biggest stars continues to be a huge star without big T tennis endorsing her, then that would be an interesting conundrum, wouldn't it? I'm really interested to see how this changes the whole post pre game interview process. It's hard to tell sometimes the relationship between the media and athletes because sometimes they're very chummy. They get along great. You know, it seems like there's a lot of trust built there and there's like relationships that they have with the people interviewing the athletes. But other times, you know, especially post game interviews after a loss, you know, they look really bummed. 
out and not happy to be there. And like I said last week, I can't imagine being put in that situation where you're having to speak on why you lost. I think the interviews and look, I'm coming at it strictly from basketball because that's the only sport that I follow. That's your but sport. it's not my personal sport. I'm five four <laughs> and I have long nails. But they ask them, like, you know, what's it going to take to win next week? And it's the same answer every time. They're like, you know, we just got to work as a team and we got to focus. And, you know, we just got to, like, make those shots, you know. <laughs> it's like, duh, like, that's how you win the game. I don't understand the interviews. Anyway, God love them. It seems like Naomi is just doing what feels what is right for her. And that is pretty amazing to see it's such a young athlete taking power back into their own hands you know we have Colin Kaepernick sparking huge debate and conversation with his protest in football and then now we have this and I'm sure I'm like also just not remembering off the top of my head like a zillion other athletes that have done similar things to show up for what they believe in at risk of their careers. Naomi Osaka we salute you we stand with you beside you, behind you. And I think that's it for top stories. This is, as you might have guessed, a top stories only episode. But let's talk products of the week. Let's do it. Okay, I know that I don't always recommend beauty products for my products of the week. And that is because I've tried to space out introducing new products into my routine just because I don't want to mess my face up. And also I want to give them enough time so that I can actually either recommend or discourage the purchase of any of these. So that said, this is another non-beauty product of the week that I have, which is the Fistler Vitaquick Pressure Cooker. <laughs> Which is a manual stovetop pressure cooker. So a lot of people know pressure cookers probably by like the Instapot, which made pressure cooking, again, more accessible. It's a robot that does pressure cooking for you. You press buttons, etc. And this is like the old school version, but the kind of like the, the Cadillac of pressure cookers. It's $219 on Amazon. And what is pressure cooking? Why do you need to pressure cook? What is it about? And I like to say that I'm sort of in the pressure cooker phase of quarantine. So I, like many of you, Annie included, went through a sourdough phase of quarantine. Oh, hold I on, went hold through on. a baking. I was doing sourdough way before quarantine. Can I just say? Okay. Potato, potato. I passed the baking phase. I have tried to get back into working out. Now I'm in the pressure cooker phase. And pressure cooking essentially allows you to reduce significantly the amount of time it takes to cook a variety of ingredients, including rice, raw beans, and any kind of meat. If you don't eat meat, a pressure cooker is probably not for you. But one thing that I've made many times and has already become super popular amongst my friends is a brisket. You know, usually brisket takes what, hours. five, six hours of really, really, really low and slow cooking to complete. In a pressure cooker, you can make a brisket in 60 minutes. You're lying. And yeah, no. And it tastes incredible, juicy, fall apart, fork tender. So what a pressure cooker does is it's basically a you know stainless steel pot with a lid that seals. And as you turn on the heat, the pressure builds inside the pot and you know how much pressure there is based on like a little kind of like indicator on the lid. And the pressure 
I can't really understand the physics of it, but basically what I find it does is it's able to infuse flavors into things in a way that normal cooking can't or that you would have to cook things for days and days and days to get. But like in a matter of 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you can, depending on the cut of meat that you're cooking, you can infuse what tastes like days and days of marinating and cooking into the meat. And I made brisket for... Passover in the pressure cooker that was incredible. I've made this Korean brisket that's a New York Times recipe that is like life changing, and I love it so much. I've used it. So, I've used it so much. It's an old school, you know, nineteen fifties esque way of cooking. They got a bad rap because a lot of the old, meaning fifty year old pressure cookers were exploding, and that would be really dangerous. But the new ones do not do that. Sixty minutes for a brisket, you can't beat that. Will you post a photo? Yeah. Our producer has just alerted me to the fact that I've talked about pressure cooking before. You know what? I'm going to talk about it again. I love it. It's like easy and it actually creates more flavorful food than normal cooking. So get yourself a pressure cooker. There are much cheaper options that seem to be well-reviewed on Amazon. If you don't want to go right for the Cadillac, you can ease into you know the Buick of pressure cookers, which is, you know, maybe a hundred bucks. There are ones that are cheaper, but I would get something nice and made in Europe because that's where you're going to get like the best quality. Okay. Thanks, Nick. What do you have? Well, coincidentally, I have a food related product of the week and this one, you know, write it on a little note card and tuck it in next to the water salad recipe that I shared with everyone because I have a treat for you that I invented last night at 3 a.m. when I woke up and I was starving. Nick, as you know, I launched a company and I haven't been able to go grocery shopping in, oh, I don't know, a year. Yeah. Which saddens me because I love grocery shopping. I always said if I ever made money, I would never pay someone to do that for me. Ever. I don't understand people that let people go grocery shopping for them. I like to choose the banana. I like to choose the apple. What I invented, very simple recipe, non-fat Greek yogurt. I prefer faye. Is that how you say it? Yeah. And maple syrup. That's it. Sounds delicious. It's really good. It's really good. Maple syrup, I could give or take. Greek yogurt, I eat a lot because it's protein and protein, yeah. tangy and... I Probiotics. do prefer the consistency of Faye. I think it has like the thickest and best one. I don't like anything less viscous than that. But maple syrup over the Greek yogurt is just fucking incredible. I ran mm. out of honey. I had nothing to eat. I just have like flowers and stuff. It's like, what are you going to make at 3 a.m. when you're starving? Yeah. So I was out of honey, which I normally put on the Greek yogurt. And I grabbed the next sugary, liquidy thing that I had, which was maple syrup and that and here we are you heard it here first folks maple syrup and yogurt and with that (laughs) when you say it like that we leave you for this week eyewitness beauty is produced by jessamine molly of seaplane armada our theme music is by danny prezant and our cover art was designed by simon abronowitz Please follow us on Instagram at eyewitnessbeauty. And you can also email us at hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Don't forget, you can also rate, review, and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. And reach out to us. Nick at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Annie at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. We'll be back next week with a really killer episode. So we will see you then. Yeah, I got to run. Yeah, me too.